What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take a fly. Ship me trains out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to post-draft Fantasy Fuel. We've actually (laughs) got new information to talk about, and we are going to dive right in. Uh, Although, if you were with us on Thursday night, we did the entire first round. Thank you for being there with us. It was Four plus hours of finally amazing yep. something to talk about football, and <laughs> we were excited. Yeah. We had fun. Uh, our special guest host, the network, was with us. Of course, Tom was with us too. Um, I guess before we get into it, and we'll talk about it in the next episode. But how overall do you feel about the Jets draft? The Jets draft. Um, I feel good. I feel really good. I don't want to spoil a whole bunch of stuff because I got a lot to talk oh, about yeah, in the uh, back row jet <laughs> show. So I actually feel good about it. Um, I don't want to go too deep into it though. I, I want everybody to go to the back row jet show and, and listen slash watch. And yeah, I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Okay. Sounds good. I, I don't know how I feel about my draft yet for the Eagles. It was <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, Overall, I was accepted. I, I accepted the draft with open arms. There's just a couple things mm-hmm. that were a little weird, more along the lines of the Packer fans, like, "Why? Well, what's going on here?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, the Packers won. There was a lot of like, "Whoops, what's going on here?" And you know, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about some of that today, and maybe, maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Depends on who's <laughs> on our lists. And today we're going to talk about our top 10 favorite landing spots. Not necessarily mm-hmm. the best ones, not necessarily mm-hmm. the worst ones. There might be a little bit of both in here, but we've got some <laughs> yeah. favorite ones, and we'll talk about why. And I'm going to start it off. Um, there's a picture already on our screen, if you're watching on Twitch, of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I like this one for multiple reasons. I'm going to talk for a minute before I let Tom chime in. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he was, what, maybe fourth, fifth somewhere uh, Mm pre-draft on the running back rankings. I mean, it's not like he didn't have a productive season. He was very good in college. But because he got drafted by the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden he's a superstar and people are probably going to overdraft him at least in year yeah. one, and yep. I'm okay with that. I think it's hilarious that he vaulted Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> he vaulted DeAndre Swift. It's <laughs> it's interesting. So, um, I mean, uh, that's about the least I can say about it. There's so many things I could say. I'm going to let you go now. So that's your number one? That's my number one favorite landing spot just because of the implications and how everybody's already overreacting. So you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as your number one. Right. As my number one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Well, what do you know? All right. (laughs) We're on the same page here. And basically for all the same reasons you just said, because, I mean, it is hilarious. Hilarious he went over every other running back that that was supposed to go ahead of him. And 
another big reason, obviously, is because it's the Chiefs. And Andy Reid, I mean, this was just a, a surprise. We were just like, what? <laughs> and I had, I mean, I knew that he was going to go in the draft, you know, second round, third round, whatever. And I was just like, what's going on here? And so I, I went back to my phone. I had to look at all my notes that I wrote about <laughs> this guy when we did a fantasy episode yep. months ago about it. And I'm just like, okay, this guy was the best catching running back in the draft. Now, he didn't have everything put together like some of the other guys did with right. Swift and Taylor and all them. But, like, this this makes me really, really like it that he went to the Chiefs because he's got now the best quarterback in the NFL throwing him the ball. And he went out for passes all the time. So, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think this is going to be a really good season by him. And I, I he's not going to go number one overall. I wouldn't imagine in most fantasy drafts. But he's creeping up the board really quick because he went to the Chiefs and Mahomes and really like this pick. It, it it's hilarious and it's just it makes me happy to see this guy goes to a team that throws to the running back or which should now throw to the running back a lot more than what they even did last year. I 100% love this pick and I think Andy Reid just well like he made the pick, he turns around, I just everything about his expression, <laughs> he was smiling, it was perfect. I love it. Yep, it was uh, a great end of the first round, an end to our night. Like, well, they might take a running back, and we just we did not see it being Edwards Hilaire, and I think it just <laughs> yeah. it put a nice little cherry on top of the entire night. So, good luck. Um, I've already had plenty of people say, "Who should I take? Should I trade out of the number one spot? Is there somebody that's uh, above and beyond the others?" and at this particular moment, I cannot say that I like one running back over another for any particular reason, which right, yeah. leads me to number two, and that will be Jonathan Taylor for me. Okay. I like the spot. It was it seemed like the right choice for the Colts, especially since they uh didn't have to choose him until round two. And Marlon Mack has never been a favorite of mine. So yeah. I don't think it will take a lot to supplant Marlon Mack, and he should get every chance available. I mean, it's not like they're going to just sit Marlon Mack down already, but I think Jonathan Taylor will make Mack look worse, and eventually Jonathan Taylor might end up as the best running back in the class because he will get an opportunity, I think, yeah, sooner than some of them will. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, Jonathan Taylor on my list. If you want to let me tell you where I put him, or sure. you want me to just okay, I have him at number four. Okay, um, so uh, not too far down from where you have him at number two. Uh, the guy obviously has plenty of talent. Um, the offensive line for the Colts isn't terrible, so that's a good thing. And I think he needs a decent offensive line because Wisconsin always has good offensive right. lines. So I think this is going to be a good fit. Um, it's not my favorite running back uh, landing spot just because I'll have somebody else that we'll get to mm -hmm. <laughs> in a couple minutes. But Jonathan Taylor, to me, is talented. He's got a, a, a lot of talent, but there's this is just a good spot for him to go because, like you said, Marlon Mack, not been superb. So I think it will take probably maybe not – I'm going to say 
four or five games before they realize that Jonathan Taylor is 100% supposed to be the guy and the starter and the guy taking the bulk of the carries. So that's where I'm at with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that sounds about right. I I don't even know if it'll take that long because Mac yeah. has had a little bit of nagging injuries here and there too, and they will not have to hesitate to be like, okay, you sit down. We've got this guy we drafted at number 41 overall, and I think we'll be okay while you make sure you get healthy. And then if the Colts are better later on in the season, they could have a two-headed running back, basically, and Mm -hmm. that would be perfect for them if they can get into the playoffs. So Jonathan Taylor, as much as we love him in Wisconsin, he's also my number two favorite landing spot. (laughs) All right, so I'll go with my number two. Okay. And if you've listened to me uh, on Fantasy Fuel or even on the Back Row Jets show, I've talked a lot about T. Higgins. And I absolutely love the fact that T. Higgins went to the Bengals because now he has a chance to build a rapport with Joe Burrow. And this is just, I mean, that this is going to be a great hookup for a long time. I believe this. I really do. I think Joe Burrow has the talent to be a NFL quarterback. And I think T Higgins has plenty of talent to be a outstanding wide receiver. And the fact that he's, I mean, he's in the second round. I mean, he fell in so many mock drafts. This is what I was talking about. These NFL people, they know what they see in somebody like T Higgins. It'll, all these mock drafts where you see him in the third round, no. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. T. Higgins has first-round caliber talent, and they proved it by picking him in the first pick in the second round. And I was disappointed because I'm a Jets fan. I wanted T. Higgins to fall to us, and I wanted to, uh, Joe Douglas to take him, but that didn't happen. That's okay. T. Higgins, 100%, is in a really good spot right now. Yeah, uh, he wasn't on my list, but I can't argue with any of uh, what you said because mm-hmm. he is coming in day one with Joe Burrow. Uh, yes. they, they have good wide receivers on the team, so it might not be an instant impact, but that's okay. The landing spot is what matters today, and he will, if he can build a rapport with Joe Burrow, should be, well, could be maybe the next A.J. Green for the Cincinnati Bengals where he's there for 10, 12 years, and they have the same quarterback hooking up. Who knows? I mean, if yeah. J- Joe Mixon can keep being the bell cow there for the next few years, maybe the Bengals will actually be in contention in that AFC North. Yeah, and this is a guy that's going to fall in a lot of your you know fantasy drafts for rookie drafts. And for 100%, I can see him being taken and being a, a not a sleeper, but a snag. Like, you just got something. You got something to value it later. Now, it's not going to be – he's not going to be in the top five. I guarantee you that. But he, to me, has – if you hold him, he's got top five talent to be a, a superstar in this league. I've been, I've been saying it about him for, I don't know, a few weeks now because I, once I looked into this guy, I said, mm-hmm. why is he falling so far in these mock drafts? This guy is amazing. And lo and behold, first pick in the second round, the Bengals see what I saw, and I know they're going to use him this year. And it, it could be more than what some people even realize. Yep. Um, my advice on T. Higgins this year is, if you don't need to win and you're in a dynasty and you can snag him and keep mm-hmm. him on your taxi, it will very possibly pay dividends maybe as soon as next year, 2021. 
this year, maybe not so much, but it will be very fun to watch him grow. And hey, I would love to have T. Higgins as the third wide receiver on any team. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Speaking of third, let's move along to number three in our favorite landing spots. This one's probably going to shock Tom a little bit because it's not <laughs> exactly for uh, good reasons. And okay. that would be Cole Komet. Okay. I love this pick. I love the landing spot because the <laughs> Bears took him way too early, in my opinion. The tight mm-hmm. ends in this particular draft didn't seem to be that exciting. And when I saw he went in, like, pick 12 in round two or whatever it was, pick 11, I'm like, well, um, okay, that's great. Good job, Bears. You got yourself <laughs> a tight end. They also signed Jimmy Graham. They got rid of Trey yeah. Burton. Like, they don't know what to do at tight end, and I think this is a prime example. Not saying Cole Komet is bad, but I think this is just a hilarious landing spot, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible landing spot. I think it was hilarious that they, you know, got it in the second round. It's like, what? You could have waited for that. I mean, you really didn't have to waste your pick like you did with Trubisky when you traded up all that Mm -hmm. stuff one spot and got Trubisky. It's like, you just wasted it. You just wasted it. You could have waited. I mean, flat out could have waited to get commit. I mean, I think he's the best tight end in the draft. But again, this draft, not great for tight ends. So, they get what they get. I I don't mind him going to the Bears. I think they need somebody at the tight end position, and if it's going to work out, let's see. <laughs> that's, that's basically all I got to say about him. Yeah, we'll talk more, <laughs> I'm sure, in the coming weeks here about all these rookie guys. We'll probably do a mock draft, mock rookie draft next week, and uh, you can really see where we feel about some of these guys. But, uh, <laughs> yep, Cole Komet, um, unless you've got stashed room again on your taxi squad, I'm not expecting anything out of mm-hmm. him this year. So who's your number three? My number three is DeAndre Swift to the Lions. I think this just makes sense for the Lions. I mean, there's no question to me that he's going to be the number one, again, within the first four or five weeks. I mean, the guy has all the talent in the world. He's just as good or better, in my opinion, than Jonathan Taylor. I I think he's got less bust ability, so I think he's going to be more consistent. Like, where Jonathan Taylor could be amazing, but he could also be, like, Oh no, mm-hmm. we just we just got a another Wisconsin back that's just average. <laughs> Unfortunately, because that's basically what all Wisconsin backs are right now. You what well, you got Melvin Gordon? That's pretty he's, much he's it. a he's a he's above average maybe because of where what's been going on with him. Right. So, I mean DeAndre Swift to me will be above average or better throughout his entire career until he starts on his decline because of age. But this makes sense for the Lions. I absolutely love this pick for the Lions. It's, it's perfect. I mean, I think this puts them in the category. If, if, they can, if Stafford can get back to being Stafford, not this last year's Stafford, but right. two years, three years ago Stafford, having DeAndre Swift on the team puts them back in contention. I'm not saying they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they make the playoffs, but they will have a shot. Now, I agree with you. The only thing is, in my opinion, the Detroit Lions have not been able to utilize a running back in I don't know how long. This is different, though. It could be different. It it should be different. This, in my opinion, (laughs) is the Browns are still the Browns until they prove me different. Same thing. A Detroit running back is still a Detroit running back until they prove to me that they can actually use a running back. 
somehow, and Matt Patricia does not give me that kind of hope. Matt Stafford does, but it's still not 100% his offense to run as he sees fit. So until I see it proven otherwise, I can't sign off on DeAndre Swift quite yet. I love DeAndre Swift talent-wise. But again, that was not a good landing spot, not a favorite landing spot of mine. Okay. Number four on mine is one of my biggest fan favorites of this whole draft. Anyway, Cam Akers Mm. landed in a spot where there is literally no talent in front of him (laughs) that should be able to hold him back at all. We all thought Daryl Henderson was going to be something last year. Malcolm Mm. Brown still sitting on there. Before Mm. the draft started, you thought, okay, well, maybe they still have some faith in those two guys, but obviously they didn't because in the second <laughs> round, the Rams take Cam Akers, and if he's got any kind of an offensive line in front of him, he should be amazing. I he If he had any kind of a help on the offensive line in college, he might have been a almost first-round running back this draft, but didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I got I got Cam Akers at my sixth position okay. on my list, so we we both have him on our list. Uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I think that if Cam Akers can make something happen and be what Todd Gurley couldn't be for this last couple seasons, really, yeah, I think we will know one hundred percent whether or not Cam Akers is that guy. I mean, we've been talking up on him. You've been talking up oh, on yeah. him more than I have, and I think. You know, this is this is it. It's your opportunity. I mean, their offensive line is not superb, but it's good enough to where I think he can do something with it. Um, I'd like to see what happens because that offensive line doesn't seem to have helped at all Todd Gurley, but Todd Gurley hasn't helped himself. Right. So I think there's a chance this could be a really good spot. That's why I put him kind of in the middle. I put him at six because I was just like, ah, the Rams. Right. I don't feel, I don't feel like the Rams kind of know what they're doing. Kind of like you don't know if the lions know what they're doing. Yes. So true. that's kind of why I, I put him down the list, but Cam Akers just too talented to leave him off the list. And I absolutely had to put him on there. So I put him at six. Okay. The last thing about him before we move on is we will find out probably in more ways than one this year, whether or not Todd Gurley was done and over with and his Mm. problems were his problems because he's in Atlanta now. So we'll see, okay, well, maybe it was the Rams offensive line (laughs) and he flourishes in Atlanta. And if it was the Rams offensive line and we see Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown all struggle, then... Yeah. Okay, we yep. put the blame on the wrong spot here. It wasn't mm-hmm. Todd Gurley's knee. It was the Rams' offensive line. Or Cam Akers flourishes, Todd Gurley stumbles, which I know you don't <laughs> want to hear right now. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, then then we're going to be like, well, uh, unfortunately we were right, and here we are. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll I'll, see. All yeah, right. I'm crossing my fingers on Todd Gurley because I just picked him up in our draft. So, please. Yeah, yep. We'll, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath for you on that one. But <laughs> All right. Uh, because Jonathan Taylor was your number four, we can move yep. along to number five. My number five is a familiar face for you. 
Denzel Mims. I yes. love that the dra- Jets drafted Denzel Mims. It makes perfect sense. I know you had other guys in mind, oh, yeah. but there were mocks where they had the Eagles taking Denzel Mims at 21. And yeah. I thought that was a bit much because there were other guys out there that I liked. We didn't get the guy I really wanted in CD Lamb, but that's okay. Now I just get to root 100% against him because CD Lamb landed on the Cowboys. Denzel Mims, he should build a nice rapport with Sam Darnold. They've got so many pieces. I think he is going to be a great compliment, and people are going to be excited to have a rookie wide receiver. It wasn't the first round. We weren't sure if maybe the Jets would take one of the guys in the first round and wait until the second round to take a tackle, but they took a tackle in the first, <laughs> got the wide receiver in the second. They were doing yeah. what they were supposed to do, and I'm excited for Mims. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I it's funny because I have him on my list as well. Um, he's at seven, though. Okay. Um, I don't have him at, at five, so that would have been cool if we did. But I got Denzel Mann at seven because, listen, I think it's beyond the fact that he's talented. It, I, I would have been like, okay, if the Jets got him in the second round, okay, cool. But the fact that we traded back and we still got still. him after there was a huge run of wide receivers in the second round. So all these guys that could have been taken were just, and Joe Douglas was like, nope, we're trading back, and we're still going to get this guy. I, I thought that was a genius move. I think it absolutely worked out in our favor. That's why I have him on here. It's not just because I'm a Jets fan, but it's because the Jets traded back and still got a guy like Mims to where, like you said, he was going in, you know, the second round early second round for maybe late first round in some drafts so mock drafts (laughs) right 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 um so it's this is this is a perfect pick for the jets at the position that they had and i'm 100 excited to see it we'll see what happens um sam donald should i mean to me i'm gonna say this on the the back row jet show as well but to me he is just as good or better possibly than what we lost in Robbie Anderson. Sure. So I'm going to leave it at that and hope for the best because I really believe he is a fantastic wide receiver. There was a receiver last year that did the same exact thing. I thought the Eagles were going to take somebody and they (laughs) passed and somebody kept falling and kept falling and kept falling towards the end of the second round. And that someone was DK Metcalf. So if you can get the production out of Denzel Mims year one that DK Metcalf had with the Seahawks, uh, you're going to be completely fine with that. Yeah, well, the difference between DK Metcalf and Mims is last year I thought Metcalf was the best receiver in the draft. Right. This year I did not think Mims was the best, but I do think he is one of the better ones. I'm not going to put him up at the top of the list where Jerry Judy would have been. Right. But uh, that leads me into my five because okay. I have Jerry Judy All right. the Broncos at my number five. Um, I just think this is just a perfect fit to have a guy of this caliber go to a team that absolutely needs a wide receiver. I know they got one other guy that we don't mm-hmm. even talk about. But, I mean, this, this is perfect for a young quarterback Again, this is why I have him on the list because a young quarterback has a young wide receiver. They can develop together perfectly. And Jerry Judy, there's nobody better that I think can help a young quarterback as far as a young uh, drafted wide receiver than Jerry Judy. I think this guy has supreme talent. He can play anywhere on the field. 
as far as wide receiver positions go. So you can put him anywhere, and that gives you all sorts of versatility. And I, I, I've gushed over him plenty enough to, <laughs> in the Jets show and even on Fantasy Fuel to, sure. to, uh, to just say that this guy 100% had to be on my list regardless of where he went. But if he would have went somewhere that already had a bunch of Bob, <laughs> a bunch of uh, wide receivers that they didn't need him, it would have been a lot harder. But he, I would have snuck him in at ten. Right, I would have done it. Well, he's not on my list only because yeah, it wasn't fine. a favorite spot. And the only thing I have to say about that is not that I don't like Jerry Judy, and not that I don't like he went to the Broncos. We are gonna find out real quick what Drew Locke has to offer. They have <laughs> yes, surrounded true. him with some talent. They got Melvin Gordon in free agency. They drafted yep. a tight end. They drafted a couple of receivers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Still got Cortland Sutton. Still got Phillip Lindsay. So we're going to find out if it's Drew Locke's job to lose, then he's got the weapons. And if he can't yep. make it happen with these weapons, then... Um, uh, yeah, Drew Locke, sorry. Um, this is all on you. If you can't make it work with these guys, then you're going to have a very short NFL career. <laughs> that is 1,000% correct. I mean, it's, it is his time to shine. I know he's last year was his first year. Whatever. Let him shine this year. I'm telling you, you got the best receiver in the draft. And you should have a really, really, really good receiving core right now. Don't mess it up, Drew Locke. Don't mess it up. All right. Number six, I have a guy that got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mm -hmm. with not much in front of him because I don't think either you or I are sold on Ronald Jones. I know Mm. we hear some things and – Oh, this is the best he's looked, and we have all the faith. Whatever. Well, you (laughs) drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round out of Vanderbilt, and he has every chance to be the guy there. If you can go in there and make Tom Brady trust you, that's who's going to be on the field. I, I mean, Ronald Jones doesn't seem like the guy who is going to bring out the best in everybody else around him for whatever reason. Maybe that's just me. But if Keyshawn Vaughn can come in there and gain the trust of one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, (laughs) a guy who's won six Super Bowls, he's going to be on the field. And he's on the same level playing field as everybody else on that team because nobody's gotten to do anything really yet with Tom Brady. There you go. I mean, that's... um, it probably could have been higher on my list, but mm-hmm. he wasn't one of the best running backs on my list. So yeah, the, yeah. the landing spot is great, and, um, yeah, he's got every opportunity in the world. Yeah, it makes perfect sense for him to go to Tampa Bay. And, obviously, we all kind of know what Tom Brady is as a quarterback right now. He is not a guy that slings it down the field every single play. Now, we're going right. to find out what happens this year mm-hmm. because – He's got some really good wide receiver talent around him. But, I mean, if he dumps this off to Keyshawn Vaughn more often than not, this could be a really good, really good spot for him to have landed. 
Um, he's not on my list because I re- just refused to do anything positive <laughs> for Tom Brady. So I was not going to do Aww. that. I even thought about putting Tristan Wirfs on there. It's like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> not going to do that. That was horrible. So, yeah, um, I just, I think he's in the right spot. There's no doubt that he was drafted by the right team because he has every single opportunity to beat out the elder running backs. So they just haven't, they haven't put their mark on the field. And I think Keyshawn has a, a chance to do that. For sure. Uh, we already, did we do your number six already? I, yeah, my six was Cam Akers. Okay, that's right. So moving along to number seven, this one I put on the list kind of just for you because <laughs> of a certain somebody that you've been hyping up. And I like him, and I kind of felt bad that they drafted somebody. Zach Moss, drafted by the Buffalo Bills, um, Mm -hmm. that could make Devin Singletary uh, more trustable. Let me explain. I see this as hopefully maybe a Mark Ingram-Alvin Kamara situation Mm. where Devin Singletary does most of the catching, and he gets a lot of the exciting plays, and Zach Moss kind of just plugs along. But I put it on this as a favorite spot because we were both kind of thinking, well, it's Devin Singletary's team now, and then the Bills go and draft a running back in the third round. No, it's just fine. I mean, uh, he's definitely not on my list, but um, I think Singletary is still going to have a really good season. I mean, I'm still in every draft that I'm going to have, I'm going after Singletary. And if this is going to put Singletary further down the draft board, please let that happen (laughs) because I want him in almost every draft. I'm going after him flat out. I think he's a stellar running back. From what I saw last year, that he was making these cuts, these moves, these jukes, everything looked supreme. And I loved watching him run the football last year. So the, the fact that Moss is on the team, uh, I could see why it might hurt the stock a little bit, but I don't think, I think it's just a sit back and kind of, you know, have a, maybe a one, two punch or maybe a one, a one B or whatever it is. It's fine. It's not really going to hurt Singletary's draft stock in my opinion. All right. Good enough. Who's your number seven? Uh, that was Denzel Mims. Okay, so all right. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, my number eight is an interesting one. Donovan Peoples-Jones. One, mm. I love saying that name. Two, he was a very late-round pick for the Cleveland Browns, who we have no idea how well their receiving core is really going to be this year. I know right. Peoples-Jones wasn't exactly a catching machine, but he can find the end zone with as little receptions as he had in college. He was able to find the end zone enough. And maybe he digs out a role in that Browns offense. I know they've got now Austin Hooper. They just picked up the fifth year option on David and Joku. So again, a lot of these places that we're seeing these landing spots for teams are just going all out for offense. And yeah. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it multiple times until the season actually starts, which is it's going to be an insane year for passing the ball. (laughs) I did a little, you know, comparison to Mm -hmm. the 2011 lockout, and there were so many passing yards and passing TDs that year that somebody like this could sneak in 
as a rookie and score six to eight touchdowns that if you're in a standard league and you can just snag this guy off of the waiver wire, you know, before the season starts, not even draft him, because I doubt he's going to get drafted anywhere in real, just regular, straight-up standard uh, fantasy leagues. But it's a very intriguing spot, especially because of the way I am viewing the upcoming season. Well, there's no doubt. Yeah, that point to to uh, to your point, I, I understand that. Um, but there's no doubt that he has a chance to do something at the wide receiver position this year because, I mean, what else do they have besides OBJ and Landry? And I guess the the uh, the problem I have with him is that he's mostly – from what he's a really good kick returner and a, a really good punt returner as well. So that's where I have the problem with him okay. because I have a feeling they're going to put him there and not so much Landry. And that hurts my stock uh, in Landry yes. in the flag league. And that mm. makes me really mad. <laughs> well, darn you Cleveland Browns. How dare you not take Tom Tuttle's flag league status into consideration yes. when drafting donovan peoples jones all right who do you have plenty of talent i'll just say the guy has plenty of talent (laughs) he's got every opportunity to do something so we'll see who's your number eight well this is where i went a little strange Mm. okay i know we are fantasy football podcast but that doesn't mean you can't have defensive players and idp right so i went with xavier mckinney to the giants okay he should have been in the first round that is 100 percent why I have him on my list. I mean, this guy is a first-round caliber safety, and to me, 100% should have been in the first round. But the Giants got a steal here, and I I think this is going to work out perfectly for them. I know you're not going to like that. You're not going to like another one I have. Okay, (laughs) all right. The next one I have on my list, you're not going to like that one either. But uh, absolutely, I think they got a steal in this draft. I mean, the guy is a superb superb safety and the fact that he went in the second round is just mind-boggling to me yeah I kept thinking I I forget which teams were actually in need of a safety at the end of the first round I was like oh this Mm -hmm. uh, here it is he's finally gonna go and he's getting pushed and pushed and pushed and he didn't go round one and then he goes to the Giants in round two and I hate to say it but the Giants had a pretty darn good draft Mm -hmm. and that makes me a little sad Yes, you were right. I'm not a fan of that one. So it was definitely not on my top 10 favorite landing spots because I, as much as I like competition, I I can't just think that the Giants are going to be better. I have to think that they're going to be worse and they had a terrible draft and I couldn't do it this year. I couldn't do it. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to be better than the Eagles. I'll still give the Eagles the nine. Right, right, okay? right. Just because they had a good draft doesn't mean they're not going to be you know, they're not going to be good. Uh, they're still going to be their Giants average self, especially the fact that they don't have, uh, you know, Eli Manning anymore. That uh, guy was superb. He won two Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the Eagles, let's go to number nine. Uh, Jalen Rieger. Uh, obviously, it's a favorite landing spot of mine, but it made perfect sense for the Eagles to draft a guy like this, I know his stats in college did not look good. And I understand why everybody off the cuff was not on board with this pick if you're an Eagles fan. But if Mm. you can see the plays this guy can make and the speed that this guy has on the field, yes, his pro day wasn't, or the combine wasn't the best. His virtual pro day 
made him seem much faster, but nobody takes the virtual pro days very seriously. Yep. Okay. Well, we knew he was kind of fast and they clocked him on camera at this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Rieger has every opportunity for the Eagles to be that guy. And the Eagles drafted speed after speed after speed, except for the second round, of course. And we're not going to talk about that right now, <laughs> but there's a lot of speed now on this Eagles offense. And Jalen Rieger, he's going to be on the field for all of it. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I wasn't expecting him to be that pick. I thought it was going to be somebody like, uh, uh, was it Jefferson? Yeah. Um, I think, I I don't have a problem with it. I mean, there's he's not on my list. I don't think it was one of my favorites because it just seemed like okay, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> like sure. nothing nothing super surprising. You didn't trade up to get him. You didn't trade back, and he fell to you. So I didn't feel like it was you know super outstanding. But you're an Eagles fan, so yeah, you had to put it in. You got to give me I that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number nine for you. Okay, you're not going to like no, this one either. No. And again, I'm sticking with defense. Okay. Um, this is the, the last defensive player I got on this list. All right. Um, but the fact that Bradley and I went to the oh, Cowboys. Oh, I know. I saw in that. The, Man. In the fifth round. Yeah. The fifth round. The, I'm not saying the guy was a first-round caliber, second-round caliber player. No. But the fifth round, that is super late. And the, the guy is really, really good at an edge rusher in position. So I'm sorry, the Cowboys had a really good draft. And the fact that they got him in the fifth round, absolutely unbelievable. And I, I have to I have to think that that might be uh, that might be one of the best defensive picks in late rounds. I, it just is. Well, I think it was what you were trying to get him in the thirdish round of our mm-hmm, back our row mock, mock draft. Yeah. So when Couldn't he didn't go there. there and all of a sudden I saw his name scroll across the screen, I was like, wait, what round are we in? Like yeah. fifth. I was like, oh, that's yeah. pretty good. To, oh, crap. The Cowboys did it. God <laughs> dang it. Really? How many <laughs> NFC East teams are going to have these amazing picks that everybody's saying is just so great, and then they just dig on the Eagles for Jalen Hurts in the second. <laughs> we're gonna hear about it until we get on the field, but no, it, you were a hundred percent correct on that one. We were mm. looking at Bradley and I as early as the third round, and he goes fifth to the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's a perfect, perfect scoop up for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Unfortunately for me. <laughs> All right, uh, my number 10 is an interesting one. His name is DJ Dallas out of Miami, selected by Seattle. I don't know why that tickles my fancy a little bit just to say that. (laughs) He was picked in the fourth round uh, by the Seahawks, who were rumored to maybe take Jonathan Taylor or somebody like that in the first round. And I understand with Penny and Carson's injury history, you got to have somebody, and this guy can catch the ball. He's going to be what they hoped C.J. Proceis might have been, <laughs> that third round back, and yeah, Ugh. he definitely didn't pan out. So maybe <laughs> D.J. Dallas out of Miami in Seattle can be that guy for him this year. Uh, there's an extreme possibility that I don't trust the Seahawks running backs at all. I mean, they don't have Marshawn Lynch anymore, so there's that. Yeah, um, I, I think – I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, he's got every opportunity to be something. I mean, he's probably not going to be right away, but I think the landing spot is superb for him to develop. That's it. All right. So 
I'm going to go with my number 10. Okay. This one I'm putting out there because I think it is one of the most hilarious things that happened. In the <laughs> oh draft. boy. I can't wait. And I absolutely love it. And I love it for multiple reasons. One, because it's hilarious <laughs> Two, because the fans are going nuts about it and they're not going nuts. Do I get to guess <laughs> you will in a second. And, and two, and, and three, I love it because I think it actually makes sense. Okay. Go ahead and guess. I'm thinking you're talking about the fans in our close vicinity, uh, which means you're talking about the Green Bay Packers and you're talking mm-hmm. about Jordan Love. You are correct. I mean, this is just great. I mean, it was hilarious that they traded up to get him. I was just like, what? I was surprised. But so I, I have a friend that was not surprised. He actually predicted that to happen, but somehow he knew that was going to happen. I don't get it, but I I think it's hilarious. I mean, that that is just awesome that they did that. And now you're thinking, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Why are they doing this? It makes perfect sense. They did it with Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. This is what the Packers do. It makes complete sense. Stop complaining about it because Yes, he's not the Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers fell in the draft. Right. You got super lucky with that. I think Love is a very talented quarterback. Give him some time behind Aaron Rodgers. If that's the plan, then you should be happy. I mean, you could get another supreme talented quarterback that knows the system, that knows how to play football. It was behind a supremely talented quarterback, just like Aaron Rodgers was. I don't, I don't have a problem here. I think that's a perfect spot for him to go. I think it was hilarious. And I love the reaction by the Packers fans because most of them are just like, I don't get it. This was a horrible draft. I, I, yeah, maybe the rest of it was a little interesting. But that first pick, I actually kind of liked it after I sat down and thought about it for a little while. And I don't disagree with you too much. Uh, the only thing was, and you alluded to it, was Aaron Rodgers – could have been the number one overall pick right. in the draft he was in. Yep. Jordan Love had no shot at that. He no, was absolutely. the fourth-rated quarterback on the board from the get-go. That being said, he did fall a little bit because he was rumored to possibly go to the Raiders, or if the Dolphins didn't take Tua, they might have taken him at, like, 19 or whatever. So I'm sure there were some other teams that may have been trying to trade up to that particular spot, and that's why the Packers felt like they needed to trade up because the two or three picks or whatever it was in between, there was almost no shot that those teams were going to take quarterback. So we were very confused. Why would they trade up when they can just let them fall to them? But if people thought Jordan Love was worth a top 20 pick, and he was already at 24, 25, then, yeah, you got to make a move. And it was, what, a fourth-round pick that they moved up? Yeah, it's not nothing special, so no. it's no big deal. If you think Jordan Love is going to be their apparent Aaron Rodgers, it's worth giving that fourth-round pick up. Yeah, they obviously do. I mean, you wouldn't go after somebody in the first round if you didn't think he was going to be their apparent Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's the first round that's usually a guy that comes in and starts right away or at least, you know, the next year. So I have a feeling they really, really highly see Jordan love. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I don't give it maybe two, three years, or maybe they just flat out say, we really like Jordan love. 
we got to move on. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to find out, but I, uh, Packer fans, they erupted with just confusion <laughs> yes. mainly. That erupted was with thing. confusion. I like the <laughs> imagery that I'm getting in my head when somebody erupts <laughs> with confusion. You're like, yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I got one one more thing about this before we end the show Me too. here. Okay. Uh, my thing is, you know, if – Aaron Rodgers would have been talked to about this. Like, all right, here is our plan. Yes, you are our quarterback for the next three years. Guaranteed. You're our guy. We're going to try and win a Super Bowl with you. But here is our plan. We would like to have your replacement ready by the time you decide you're going to hang it up. And if you can play for the next five or six years, then, you know, if we take Jordan Love and we groom him and you turn him into something special along with the coaching staff, then we can get another piece in another three or four years, whatever it is. But as it stood, it doesn't seem like anybody said anything to Aaron Rodgers. So he was blindsided (laughs) along with the Packers fans, and I don't know how he's going to take it. Yeah, I'm not sure either because he's been interesting the last few years about his attitude. So I'm interested to see oh, his yeah. reaction to this and how how he reacts to it because, you know, Brett Favre didn't have the greatest of uh, relationships with Aaron Rodgers right. either. So is Aaron Rodgers going to do the same thing to love? We'll find out. I, I think it's interesting. Um, I do have one more thing I want to talk about our list that I notably snubbed somebody off oh, of this list. Oh, no. on, on purpose, okay. Even though I think he was the best running back in the draft with Dobbins, he went to the Ravens, which I think is a, not a good spot. I mean, he there's a chance he has a really good. Um, he could he could take over that team, but at the moment, I mean, there's running backs all over on that team, and right. I just don't see, I don't see how he becomes the number one within the first year. I. I I think it's a bad spot for him. Honestly, yep. no, I I agree with you there. It's actually a a good spot for him because Mark Ingram is not going to last forever. And once right now, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Right now, bad, bad, bad. I mean, there was possibilities of JK Dobbins being the number one pick in fantasy rookie drafts, but probably not going to be because most of those guys want somebody that can play and play right Right away (laughs) and give you some fantasy points. And uh, we're going to have to do a lot of studying over the course of, the off season here, whenever the season may begin, I'm starting to see some contingency plans for the NFL, some rumors that we might not start until October, but they're still plan- planning on having a full season. So that's encouraging, at least for fantasy football. It'll be weird because there's going to be more colder weather games. And those yep. dome teams might have a slight advantage. And guess what that means? More passing yards are going to be available to all. <sighs> for the for the dome teams, I would say yes, more passing yards. But once it gets cold, it's hard to catch the football. That's true. And you don't really you don't really throw that much once it, if it's snowing. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm really ready for any sport at this point. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on Twitch.tv/slash Fantasy Fuel. We appreciate your uh, support there. 
Uh, if you are into audio dramas, go check out The Veiled Monarch, The Veiled West, and still, hopefully soon, because everything going on, <laughs> Weeby Pirates has been pushed back slightly. Sorry about that. Also, The Veiled Monarch uh, hard copy paperback book is out there. There's a link in the show notes. Um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. And uh, don't forget to just enjoy the last few days because it was amazing to have some new actual relevant football information so that's going to do it for us thanks for listening and we'll see you next week